Welcome to the Yahweh Podcast, everyone. My name is Jacob Zolzel, joined with Nathan Woodall. And it's episode 13, and we have a pretty fun guest here today. We have Mayor Paul Tenhaken. He's He's been the mayor of Sioux Falls for a couple years now and had to lead the city through really tough times. Yeah. So it's been, it's been really interesting to see how um, he's led and also how you've seen his faith um, mm-hmm. come through and all that, especially if you follow him on any social media, you know that... Um, he's a man of God. Like his, this is, um, that's just part of who he is and that's yep. a part of how he leads as well. So we had a great conversation with him. Um, and we're really excited for you guys to check it out. So sit back, relax and enjoy this interview with Mayor Paul Tanakin. Let's do it. Welcome, Mayor Paul Tenhaken. Thanks for joining us today. Fellas, thanks for having me, man. It's a pleasure to be with you. Yeah, it's it's so awesome for you to take the time. Um, we'll just jump right into it, honestly. Uh, we know you are you lead with faith, that you're not mm-hmm. you're unapologetic about that. So give us a little bit about your faith um, growing up and all that stuff. Yeah, so uh, I grew up in a, you know, the typical white picket fence Christian house, man. I went to uh, Christian school growing up. Faith was a big part of my life, uh, and like all young people, um, when it's just around you everywhere, you kind of get a little complacent. So I, I I went to church. I you know like I said, I went to Christian school, but my faith really never grew um, until I got out of college. You know, um, and I started to get into the workforce, and started to uh, you know see the impact that you know, faith could have on others around me. I always talk about my mission field being wherever God's planted me, whether it was at a, you know, at a company or whether it was starting a business or now as a mayor. Uh, and so faith has just always been a big part of my life, but really have grown into my faith. And it's been much bigger part of my life, even in the last four or five years, I would say, since I've been mayor. So it's always been there. It's always been an underlying theme, but uh, I've had to lean on God so much more uh, in this office. Because just quite honestly, it's really hard and it's, it's lonely and it's, you know, there's, it's been a challenging last couple of years for sure. And so um, my faith has had to grow uh, tremendously because I've needed God more than ever. I've needed uh, some security, some peace of mind, uh, some comfort in everything that's been going on. So I don't have the typical, oh, I went to camp at 14 <laughs> and, you know, gave my life to Christ. Christ has just always been a, uh, an integral part of my life. Um, but I will say that as I've matured, I think my faith has matured uh, to the point where I feel for the first time in a long time that, uh, that I really have a relationship with the Lord. I, uh, God is uh, a big part of my life daily uh, this morning, even you know before coming here every morning. Go out in my garage, spend time in devotions. Mm-hmm. Uh, I journal. Uh, I have a gratitude journal. Write down three things I'm thankful for. One of which I wrote down today was just the opportunity to always share my story. I knew I was going to mm-hmm. come and talk with you guys, mm-hmm. and so I don't take that for granted. So, yeah, those are some uh, some themes that have uh, got me to, to where I am today with my faith. That's really cool. One one thing that we've been doing throughout this summer, we've been talking about practical faith. Mm-hmm. So you kind of talked about uh, your devotional life. Um, could you talk, talk a little bit more about your, your practical faith, like things that are like you've put into practice that have helped yeah. you grow in your faith? Yeah, you know, a big thing for me was switching from time with time with God, time in prayer, and time in the Word from evening to morning. 
Because at the end of the day, you're you're roached, you know. And mm-hmm. I used to have it's like okay, before I go to bed, mm-hmm. I'd I'd spend time in the Word. Well, my mind is racing with everything from that day. Um, I'm tired. I'm ready to go to bed. Uh, my mind's wandering and drifting. So probably about ten years ago now, I started a rhythm where uh, I would get up at four thirty in the morning mm-hmm. and uh, get up at four thirty. I work out and exercise first thing. And then I'm done with that by about six o'clock. And then I have from roughly six to six thirty is just quiet time. It's quiet time for prayer, quiet time for devotions, quiet time for journaling. And that rhythm I've been following for about the past ten years. Wow. And that's been important. Uh, and I know you guys are young guys. You're probably night owls. You stay up late, but you'll get to a point in life where you will realize <laughs> that 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 nine to ten o'clock at night to midnight time is just wasted time. You're maybe dinking around on your laptop, you're watching TV, you're maybe making bad dietary decisions. I mean, there's, <laughs> there's, you know, your parents always say nothing good happens after midnight, you know, well, for me, nothing good really happens from nine to 12 at night. I mean, it's just bogus time. So I go to bed at 930 and I front load my day and I'm up at 430 instead of going to bed at midnight and sleep until seven. Uh, I'm, I'm using that time in the morning where it's quiet. There's no emails coming in. Mm. Uh, the phone's not ringing. My kids aren't up. The world is asleep. Wow. And I'm awake, and it's just, it gives me energy for the rest of my day. That's so cool. That's really cool. Do yeah. it. You guys got to do it. I know you're thinking, like, dude, this guy's nuts. Get to before 30. Because I remember I was never a morning person. Mm-hmm. And everybody says, well, I'm not a morning person. Well, who is a morning person? Who wants to get up at 430? No one in their right <laughs> mind wants to do that. True. But it's the best, most peaceful time to spend in prayer and quiet time and, and invest time in yourself. Uh, that morning time is precious. Yeah, it, was, it, it took me like 15 minutes to get out of bed. And I set my alarm for 7. <laughs> <laughs> 7? See, that's what I'm talking about. 7? Think, by the time you got up at 7, I was up for two and a half hours wow, already. And, you know? <laughs> I already spent time hey, it's with not the a Lord. Competition. Yeah, <laughs> it's right? not a competition. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's really good. Um, kind of the nec- next question we kind of had was, how, how has faith impacted how you guide a large city through a pandemic? I mean, obviously, like, faith is a part of your life. So how does it actually come into your job and how you ma- made these decisions and all that stuff during this really tough time in our city? Yeah, you know, the, the last year, year and a half has been by far the hardest time of my life. Um, mm. You know, y- y- your listeners can't see, but, you know, I got a lot of gray hair. I got crow's feet. I mean, I'm looking like an old man these days because it's been it's been a grind uh, the last year. But what I have had to really remember throughout this pandemic is that everyone is handling this in a different way and have a lot of empathy. So when people are mad or upset about schools or about masks or about why wouldn't you get the vaccine or whatever, they have a perspective that's different than the next person. So mm-hmm. everybody is approaching this differently. So I need to realize that even though there's things Uh, I'd like to see done, and this is how I think we should be leading through this, and I think you should just go get the vaccine so we could just be done. I mean, that's my personal opinion. But I got to realize there's other opinions out there, and there's there's just no more right or wrong than mine is. And so having a high level of empathy has been very, very important. Hmm. Um, And empathy is an increasingly rare commodity in our society where we fail to recognize what might be going on in that person's life. I mean, I got some real, real angry people come at me this past year. I mean, um, whether it was about masks, uh, that was, you know, obviously 
never in my life did I think a piece of cloth over your mouth would be one of the most controversial things in our country. It was. Um, but I'd have to remember, it's like, okay, are they mad at me and having to wear a mask? Or maybe there's something going on. Maybe their grandfather just passed away from COVID. Mm-hmm. Maybe their kids are homeschooling and they're starting to go crazy. There's all there's things going on in their life that I can't pretend to understand. So I just have to approach this situation with empathy. And mm-hmm. uh, and I mentioned this recently in another talk. I just use the, the what would Jesus do yeah. line all the time. I just always think, how would Jesus approach this situation? Um and would Jesus condemn? Would Jesus be angry? Uh, would Jesus lash out? No, he'd approach these situations with love and understanding and trying to trying to meet people where they're at. And people just needed to be met where they were at this past year. Uh, and we needed leaders that understand, uh, understand and continue to understand that um, everyone's in a different spot right now with how they've dealt with the past 18 months. Mm-hmm. That's, that's really good. cool. Um, I think that I mean that, and that's what Jesus would do. He would meet. He meets them with empathy. He met, he meets us with empathy. Mm-hmm. Like he, you know, he came to Earth so that way he could, you know, feel the suffering that we have to go through. And that sounds a lot like. And t- totally. And there's here's the thing: when you talk about empathy and we talk about grace, I mean, grace is in short supply. We don't give people a lot of grace mm-hmm. these days. We're very quick to judge. We're very quick to you know, throw stones. And I think social media has been a big part of that. I just think our political climate's a big part of that, Mm -hmm. where we instantly want to judge someone and we instantly want to make an accusation. And uh, if we truly are using scripture as kind of the baseline and the guiding, you know, set of principles for how we are to lead, um, nowhere in scripture was Jesus just lashing out at people and judgmental and condemning. No, he would ask probing questions and he would ask hard questions, mm-hmm. um, but he would do it in a loving way. And I think that's what we're missing in society is a way to speak truth, but speak it in love. Mm-hmm. And um, that's that's something we all have to keep working at more and more in this increasingly kind of divisive climate we're in. Mm-hmm. I think I think we talked with Adam about the, the, that same concept, like uh, being 100% full of grace, 100% full of truth, like 100% of both, not diluting either one of them, but being mm-hmm. full in both mm-hmm. in the way we communicate and the way we just do life. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. Because, yeah. I mean, even this bracelet that, that I wear that, that you I have on wear. too. <laughs> yeah. It's literally, I don't know if you've seen it, it's literally the answer to that question. It's what would Jesus do? He would love first. And mm-hmm. that's just something that I feel like mm-hmm. I've tried to, to kind of guide my actions with the past couple of years when there's so many things going on that's pulling you away from that love, that's pulling you towards hate. The enemy wants you to, to be arguing about these things. Oh, absolutely. But just you know, just diving into your relationship even more is going to pull you closer to that love. Satan, and so Satan has used this past year in incredible ways. I mean, uh, Satan is looking at how he has used a pandemic, used face coverings to divide families, divide communities, mm-hmm. um, divide relationships. And like, man, what a fragile people we are when something as simple as a face covering can fracture a whole community, you know, fracture a whole country. Look how easy it is to divide our nation and to divide mm-hmm. people. And so the enemy is always out there looking for opportunities like that. Uh, and and they're abundant. So that's why we always have to be on guard and say, hey, this isn't about this isn't about a pandemic or this isn't about policing or this isn't about masking or whatever. This is uh, just an opportunity for the devil to try and create a foothold. And we as you know, kind of men and women in Christ have to uh, kind of model the way for what does a godly example of dealing with these conflicts look like. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, especially too, I think one part of Jesus' ministry was was unity. That's part of like the gospel is unity and enemies really trying to get rid of that right now. Right. And and you know, when you talk about unity, um, you know, I use this phrase one who falls a lot to, yeah. to talk about mm-hmm. our community, how we bring our community together. Um there's times when I, I disagree with people mm-hmm. and I think they're wrong and I think their position is wrong, but it doesn't mean I hate you. Uh, mm-hmm. It doesn't mean I'm going to condemn you. It doesn't mean I'm going to make your life harder to live in this mm-hmm. community. But we're on different pages here, and that's okay. That's the fabric of our community. fabric of our country is disagreements that lead to better laws, better ordinances, just a better nation, a better union. Mm-hmm. And so this nation is never going to agree on everything. And if it does, we got big problems. I mean, the dissension is what makes us great because it brings us together in the end for the the, the, for the proper laws that we put into place. Mm-hmm. It's when we can no longer understand the other side or even try to understand someone else's view uh, and that we become so close-minded and narrow-minded, that's where we run into problems. And I think that's uh, it's a little bit where we are right now, where it's like, if you're not for me, if you're not on my side, mm. that means you hate me. Mm. It's like, no, 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 no. We disagree on this, and we have different philosophies, but I still love you, man. You're still a child of God. You're still made mm-hmm. in God's image just like me. We're on different we're different pages here. How can we find some middle ground and work together to move this forward? Yeah, that's that's great. Has there been any like scripture that just keeps popping up through your time in office that's really guided you? You know, um, you know, I wish I could say yes, but uh, you know, one of the the big things that I always harken back to is uh, uh, scripture in Philippians, where uh, I need a lot of strength and encouragement to figure out, Lord, how can I get through this day? You know, I look at my calendar today, for instance. I got just a packed day, end to end. And I woke up this morning, um, and after I was done with my devotions, looked at my calendar and said, Lord, I just need some strength to get through this day. And I always hearken back to Philippians 4.13, you know, Lord, I can I can do this today through you who give me strength. So just mm-hmm. give me the strength today to get through the day. I'm not even going to look at what's going on tomorrow because tomorrow's another nuts day. And we got controversial issues we're dealing with right now. We have um, people who feel that we should be more aggressive with uh, the pandemic right now. We have uh, legalized marijuana that, uh, quite honestly, I'm eyeballs deep in that issue right now, trying to figure out how we implement the will of the voters without changing the kind of the fabric of this community. So I'm dealing with some heavy, weighty stuff right now. And so um, always hearkening back on, I can do this. I just need you to give me strength, Lord. Philippians 4.13 just, just hangs with me everywhere. I got that in my office in several spots, and I hearken back to that verse quite a bit. That's awesome. Yeah, I feel like I love how you said just like just one day, just looking at it one day at a time mm-hmm. and just asking the Lord to give you the strength to go through that. Like I feel like so often we're like, Lord, get me through this month. Get me through this week. Right. Get me through this year even. We as humans, are, I mean, we're notorious for wanting – we're in an instant gratification society. It's mm-hmm. like I want to lose 20 pounds. Now, well, 20 pounds is going to take you a while. And when, when a week or two goes by and you don't see that progress, you get discouraged. And so the stick of just taking one day at a time, one issue at a time and say, hey, I don't know how we're going to accomplish this two months from now as a city, but I know the one thing I got to do this morning to kind of move that ball one more yard down the field. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, Scripture talks about, you know, God cares for the, the sparrows and the, and the lilies of the field. And it's like, he's going to take care of you. 
guy. Mm-hmm. If he if he cares for the flowers and the plants and the birds, I mean, he's not going to turn his back on you. And so we have to just take one day at a time. Give us today our daily bread, not mm-hmm. our monthly bread, our not our yeah. annual bread. That's like good. just today, just feed me today, get me through today. And uh, tomorrow has enough worries uh, of its own. I just need to get through today. Yeah, that's so good. That's a, that sounds that was a lot of scripture right there. That yeah, was, that, was, that was good. <laughs> Not giving yourself no credit. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Well, I think that that just goes to show that how integrated it is in your life, yeah. how just of a normal practice it is. It's not like, yeah, I memorized this one verse 15 years ago and I just keep saying it to myself. Every-. No, it's like, no, you, you're in the word. Mm-hmm. You're, and that's, I feel like an encouragement for us as a leader for our city that, that you're so like invested in the best thing you could be reading. Well, and, yeah. and I'll be honest. I mean, palms up. I'm terrible at memorizing scripture. I wish I could memorize more scripture. Mm-hmm. I always... Uh, I'm jealous of Senator John Thune when I have mm. discussions with Senator Thune and we're talking about faith. That guy can recite half the Bible mm. uh, off the top of his head. He's an incredible man of faith, and uh, he's just got a knack for memorizing Scripture. And it's a skill you have to practice, just mm-hmm. like you know, running a triathlon or you know, learning Spanish or memorizing Scripture is something you have to practice and work at. And I haven't gotten good at that. Um, but it's, you know, it's a bucket list thing that I want to learn to get better at, Mm -hmm. but it's like anything. It's like, Oh, I don't have time. I don't have time to memorize scripture. I'll just read it. I'll absorb it. And something that always sticks with me guys on that topic is, you know, I, for instance, I can't tell you what my pastor preached about on Sunday. I don't remember. I was there. I was at church. Um, and I used to struggle with that. I'm like, why am I going to church? Why am I engaging this when I can't even remember or process what was poured into me. Well, that was the daily bread. It's like, well, I know I needed it for that day. Just like, I, I don't know what I ate for breakfast yesterday, but I know that I needed it mm. to get me through that day and to get me started. So just like, I know I needed to read scripture yesterday to put me on the right track for that day. Am I going to always remember what I read each day? No, I'm not. But it starts my day off right. It gives me that spiritual feel to get me through that day, and I'll do it all again tomorrow. Now, there's obviously certain times when something really sticks with you, and mm-hmm. it's like, wow, this is a this is impactful. I'm going to remember this for a long time. But there's other times it was that daily feel you needed to to make it through the day. That's really cool. That's awesome. Yeah. So kind of switching gears. I mean, our our, our target audience is young adults. They're so people in college or just out of college. They're just trying to kind of find their way. What what advice would you give to them strictly from our mayor? How can how can we make Sioux Falls a better place to live? Great, great question. Uh, what's been cool over the last decade or so is I'm seeing more and more young people, you know, guys like you, that want to make this city their forever home. And there's not this desire to graduate and then get out of here. Because this is an incredible community. I mean, we recently, you know, Smart Asset ranked us the number one city in the country for young professionals, ahead of Austin, mm-hmm. Nashville, uh, you know, Denver, because the cost of living is great here. Uh, the uh, you know affordability is is good. The crime is low. The education system is great. Our culture and amenities, our downtown is incredible. So for young people starting out in this community, uh, if you want to make a difference in this town, there's a couple things I'd point out. One is you have to look for places to get involved and you have to actively insert yourself into conversations, into situations and not wait to be asked. And there's some, some guys in this community, man. And I say guys specifically, because I've had a couple men who have reached out to me, young guys just graduating from college 
and have said, Hey, Paul, I know you're busy. Would you mentor me? Would you be willing to meet me for coffee? You know, a couple times, you know, every other month, whatever. And I am busy. Um, but you know what? I'm making time for those guys because man, they reached out to me and that took some, some stones to do that, you know? And I'm like, all right, what better use of my time than pouring into these guys and keeping them in this community and turning them into good, good residents and good, strong leaders in the city. So one, don't wait for permission. Just go out Mm. and look for opportunities to serve. Second thing is we need mentors in this community. Mm. And so as, as, as young men and women who are starting out in Sioux Falls, mentoring is one of the best ways to get involved in this community. There's, there's men and women coming out of jail that need mentors. There's, there's immigrants in this community who are uh, trying to figure out how to do life in Sioux Falls. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of young kids and youth who, uh, before they turn into, uh, you know, quite honestly, we have some problem issues with 15 to 20 year olds, some, some 15 to 20 year olds that are, uh, creating some crime challenges in our community. Well, how do we get to those kids when they're 10, 11, 12, so that we keep them off that track. So for young people to get engaged as mentors, uh, you're never going to regret that. And it's going to help you develop as a person and identify the needs in our community where you can really make a difference. Mm-hmm. I think that's great. I mean, in our heart too, I mean, we both work with, yeah. with the youth. So that's, I mean, even tugging on that heartstring and also, I mean, especially our conversation with Charlie Sanders, we, yeah. that entire conversation was not planned to talk about mentorship, but we talked about mentorship the entire time and just the impact it's had on our lives and the impact it's had, it's going to have on so many people if they just take that step or they take that step to be that mentor. I mean, it, I think the impact, like, um, you know, you're not going to see the impact right away. But like it, it's it's going right. to be there, and it's, it's you awesome. know men- mentorship. You guys, it sounds so cliche and corny, and people people uh, you know want to talk about it. Well, how do you transform a city? How do you transform a community from the inside out? A city is nothing but the people. All right, and to transform a city, you have to invest in the people. And the easiest way to invest in the people is not financially invest in them, but you invest them with your time. Mm-hmm. And you know, there's 200 churches in this community. Okay, let's say the average church has, you know, 100 members, okay? That's a lot of people that can go out and mentor in this community. Mm -hmm. So even if we had 5,000 people put their hand up today and say, I want to mentor someone in this community, wow, that would be transformative, transformative. But the one thing, you know, we can't make more of is time. We all have the same same amount of time. So we guard our time, and we say, maybe I don't want to mentor. I don't want to... I don't want to give up my time because I'm busy. I got kids and activities. I'll, I'll do that someday, but not right now. Well, someday's not promised to you. Someday's mm. not promised to any of us. Tomorrow's not promised to any of us. So make that commitment now to invest in someone because you never know the impact that you're going to have on on that person uh, for their journey ahead. Mm-hmm. So have you had a mentor in your life that has really helped you? I've had a variety of mentors. Mm-hmm. And, and, and the thing is, sometimes you don't know they were mentoring mm-hmm. you until you look back. Absolutely. And I'm like, man, that guy met with me several times when I was just this kid coming out of college. Uh, and now I know what they were doing for me. At the time, I'm like, oh, they want to hang around me because I'm a, I'm a cool guy. <laughs> I'm just to it's like, no, they got better things to do. But now I see how they were intentionally investing in me because they noticed something and they wanted to invest in me. And I feel a responsibility to pay that forward. Mm -hmm. So when someone does reach out or two young guys reach out and say, hey, will you be on my podcast? Absolutely, man. (laughs) You guys are doing awesome stuff. And they're like, what better use of my time than to spend it with you guys? 
you know, and someday you'll look back, you'll be like, remember when we just reached out and the mayor's just like, yeah, I'll be on your podcast. Well, it's on that because I want to encourage you guys to keep doing what you're doing and be in the hands and feet of Christ in this community because mm-hmm. I need more guys like you. So um, just like I'm here today with you, you guys have the opportunity to be that for someone else you yeah, know, in yeah. this community. So you have to look for those opportunities. It feels like you just paid for our coffee and now we got to like pay for the person behind that's us. That's exactly what it is. Not at all. <laughs> with time. Exactly. But with time. time. That's, that's, that's it. Chick-fil-A maybe too. Oh, there we go. Hopefully. Well, and we're, we're sitting here in Trey Ministries right now, True. you know, in, in Two Falls, and this is a, this community here that's being built is full of opportunities to oh, mentor goodness. and invest yeah. and pour into young people. Cool. And I know you guys both do that. And I, you know, I thank you for that. And I just want to encourage you to keep doing that because, because mm-hmm. I need, I need dudes like you doing that in the city. Appreciate that. Yeah. Well, We'll kind of, we got one more question for you. We ask every single guest that comes on our podcast the same question, um, which is what advice would you give your, your past self right after you graduated high school? If you could, if you could talk to, to young Paul right after you graduated high school, what would you tell him? First, I'd tell him to uh, go buy a nice suit. All right. Got my first suit from JCPenney. Mistake. Okay. Go <laughs> spend some money, get a nice suit. But uh, in, in all seriousness, I would tell young Paul, have patience, brother. Mm. You know, you come out of college and you're on fire and you think, listen, I got a four year degree from a liberal arts college. I'm going to go make 90 grand. I'm going to set this world on fire. And I got checked and put in my place several times. I missed job opportunities. Um, I got passed over and I wanted to be on the top quick and you got to have patience because God will open the doors. Mm -hmm. You just have to be willing to see them walk through them, uh, and be patient in them presenting those in those opportunities being presented to you. Uh, so patience is, is really, really key. And that goes back to the, just living in the moment, living for today. It's like, God, I'm not, I don't know where I'm going to be in 10 years, but I know you want me today to be right here. And you're going to bring the right opportunity to me today that will help me tomorrow. And then we'll do it all over again tomorrow. So patience, patience. And I can tell you two guys just by looking at you and talking with you, um, your hard chargers have patience because I think God's going to use you in this city. Appreciate that. That's yeah. amazing advice. That's that's awesome. We, well, Paul, we thank you for, for taking the time with us today. Um, I'm sure our listeners are very gracious that you took the time. Um, so thanks for joining us. Thank you, guys. Thank you so much. This is great. Mayor Ten Hankiness, he's a good dude, huh? Yeah, I, I was I was really um, just excited to to sit down with him just because I knew how strong his faith was. And I honestly, I think the most surprising part of his story is that he's been getting up at four thirty yeah. for ten years now. <sighs> I can't even insane. imagine that. Yeah, I mean, I think it's really cool though how he does that. Like he made that commitment. He had the mm-hmm. self control to do that. I think that's something that we can definitely learn from. Well, yeah. And just making that a priority in his life so mm-hmm. that he has time for the things that are important. Yeah. Um, I mean, that's just was the most impressive thing for me. Um, and that's something that, I mean, I don't, I don't think I'm going to wake up tomorrow at four thirty AM, but that's definitely something that I think I'm going to be striving towards is, yeah. is even just taking, making that time in, for God in the morning. Cause in the morning, I, I, that was just, preach into the choir here so i'm like i'm gonna do it before i go to sleep and then i get like half a chapter in and yeah i'm like okay uh, i can can't even keep my eyes open exactly yeah yep but yeah we just wanted to thank mayor paulton haken for for joining us make sure you guys check him out on social media i'll have all the links down below Um, we also wanted to thank trey ministries Mm -hmm. 
for allowing us to use their studio space. They're an awesome resource for any young adult, anyone in college. Um, get plugged in. College here. is coming up again here. <laughs> Absolutely. Crazy. College is coming. So use this place to study. Um, we'll have all the links down below as well. Um, but we just hope you guys have a fantastic day. Thanks for listening. Yes. God bless. Yes.